The Wedding Feelers Podcast. Listen to our podcast. The buffet's closed. We're smaller clothes. And so begins episode 18 with a nice clap. <laughs> Here we are, ladies and gents. This is uh, episode 18 of the Wedding Thinners podcast. I am joined, not in the studio, but I'm joined on Zoom. And I'm looking at the two lovely faces of Anna Brooks. Say hi, Anna. Hello. Hello. And I am also joined by uh, Ivan Van Hetten. I had had to check my cons- consult my notes there for the phonetic spelling, but I think I did all right, didn't I? Yes, absolutely. I did good. I did good. And it's um, worth pointing out at this point uh, as well that you're you're both together. You're uh, living up in sunny Birmingham. Is that right? Absolutely. Joining yeah, us from your studio. Sutton Coldfield, to be precise. Yeah. Where, where sorry? Sutton Coldfield, oh, just outside Birmingham. Yes. Just outside. Okay. And I can see that what looks like uh, your studio looks appears to have some sort of zebra pattern thing going on. <laughs> Is that does. right? It's furry. It has furry zebra walls and um, what the whole way around. Uh, no, the sides here are just plain white, and the back okay. is um, furry zebra. Well, I'm I'm pleased I've got the furry zebra in the background. It looks wicked. So okay. yeah, and I very much appreciate both of you joining us, uh, or us joining me tonight to have a chat um, about all things kind of fitness, mental health related. So yeah, let's just sort of start by um, just tell uh, anybody who's listening uh, who you are, what you do. Um, we'll start with you, Ivan. Oh wow! Um, yeah, <laughs> that was a curveball. You thought I was going to get Anna for ladies first, uh, but it's because yeah, I know yeah. Anna. <laughs> well, a, um, my name is Ivan van Hetten. I'm a, a, a trumpet player, keyboard player, producer, musical director, songwriter, a, a lot of things in music. And I have my own recording studio, um, doing lots of uh, studio work. And in non-COVID times, I'm a touring musician. And a very, very good one at that. I know that for a fact. Um, and Anna, just share a little bit about who you are, what you do. I am a saxophonist and vocalist, um, music arranger, um, recording artist, and yes, also touring when time permits um, and when, yeah, COVID times permit. Um, I am a member of Brooklyn Funk Essentials, as is Yvonne here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we met, actually. And um, I'm also recently joined Jules Holland's band um, just in time for all of the gigs being cancelled. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, I did manage the the Hootenanny. Actually, we both managed the Hootenanny. Yvonne was along yes. for that as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting back on the road. And um, we both also um, teach a little bit at the Birmingham Conservatoire as well, where Brilliant. I study. Funnily Brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. So all very, very uh, in-house. Lovely. Well, listen, uh, you know, I um, if you've heard any of the other podcasts, one of the questions that does crop up and I do like it as a question uh, is what's your relationship like with food? Um, it kind of works for me as a bit of a, a bit of an icebreaker. Um, so let's go to you, Anna, um, again. Right. Um, <laughs> I love food. I absolutely love food. I love um, fresh um basic ingredients cooking from scratch um i i probably have been watching my weight since i was about 15 i would say um um, and lost about two and a half three stone at some point in my life after having twins um and since then I've been up and down and up and down and um usually doing Weight Watchers 
um, keeping an eye on things or just trying to trying to lose weight and um, enjoying cooking for the family. Um, these days, I don't really eat carbs, but I enjoy cooking sourdough for right. everybody else. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I have a love-hate relationship with food. I do love it, but um, it's just hard not to put on weight. And I think after you get over a certain age as well, mm. I used to be able to lose weight really quickly doesn't seem to fall off anymore I used to think people were sort of just making it up when they said oh you know if you get over 40 then you know it gets harder to lose weight and I thought yeah 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 you know when I was like 25 or whatever yeah 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 but no it's absolutely true Is it? um so yeah yeah so at the moment um yeah I'm, I'm I actually lost three pounds in the last three weeks because I am oh, no? consciously trying to lose weight having just postponed our wedding for the second time now no, to 2022 now i'm going yes i'm gonna look really <laughs> slim in that dress you know um so yeah um i love food but it's a constant i'm constantly monitoring it which is just boring mm. you know i would love to be able to eat and not think about it and not think oh better not have that bit of cheese or you know whatever you know oh how many milliliters of wine were in that you know in that glass <laughs> oh, yeah, 190 because that's five weight washers points was it slightly you know it's just boring but um i, I just I, I feel like i have to do it otherwise otherwise it feels like you know every every year you get older a little bit more goes on and it's so easy to not notice that before mm -hmm. it's kind of that increment not all right sure. i'm going to come back to many many themes that you just mentioned there yes um, shut up, if that's okay no no <laughs> and, and i'd like to ask you ivan the, the same question um i know that you, you've got a uh, your vice you told me your vice before we started yes. but yeah but what's your relationship like with dude at uh, food well, generally in general it's 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 quite healthy but um you know i love food i love food who doesn't love food <laughs> it's funny because everybody starts this they yeah. answer the question with yeah i love yeah. food of which is course, good to hear of course of course but unfortunately because you know as, as anna was talking i was thinking about something and i'm thinking you know unfortunately we all live in a society and not just in the uk but just in general in the western world we live in a society where if you do want to eat healthy you're going to have to pay more. You know, it's so much easier to find um, and to buy food that is actually not that healthy for you. That's, yeah. you know, that's also part of the problem, of course. But um, no, yeah, absolutely. I love, I love uh, food and um, anything from um, from salads to fish to chicken to um, exotic. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a very easygoing uh, eater when when it comes to. Uh, food what's yeah. in front of you yeah cool so that's but you you uh you mentioned about your, your peanuts and your coca-cola <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't what when we were talking about just before we started the recording we were talking about you know, things that maybe are your uh your yeah. kryptonite your food kryptonite yeah. and i did yeah. not expect that to be the the, the one yeah it's 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 it probably peanuts yeah peanuts <laughs> but do you find yourself like because you mentioned like i can go a week and then i just need to have them like is that like a constant craving for you no, it's not a constant craving. It's it's um, I can live with it for a few days or or without it for sorry for a few days or for a week or maybe even two weeks or so. Yeah. But it's, at some point, I think hmm, it's been a while, <laughs> and it would be good if I could have them tonight. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> then, again, then yeah, yeah, it's just something about peanuts um, and peanut butter, certain peanut butter as well. <laughs> right. 
uh, it's just the the taste of peanuts. That's There's interesting. Something isn't about it? it that I really just really drives you wild. Like, what about chocolate covered peanuts? Because that would kill two birds with one stone. Uh, M&M's, yeah, yeah, but not necessarily. Yeah, but if it's just good peanuts, dry peanuts, or roasted or so, ooh, oh. got me there. I'm going to stop on the way home now. <laughs> when I stopped at the garage the other day, there were dry roasted peanuts on special offer. So two for one pound. So I'm going to... Not two peanuts, but that's interesting. That um, yeah, like that's your your go to. Like, and I'm genuinely uh, when I laughed when you said peanuts, that was not what I expected you to go to at all. Um, because normally when you know when when I when we're talking when I'm talking about food with somebody and like what what their vice might be, if you like, and they're like, oh man, I just can't stop eating Snickers, but which peanut related or like you know or like or fruit pastels or or things oh, like yeah. that. So yeah, that's what I was kind of expecting. But yeah, it's really interesting to hear that like that's that's just your go-to um yeah, anna you spoke about like when you when you started talking about your relationship with food you said about you're watching your weight since you were 15 onwards yeah. and I, I was cute like i wrote it down straight away because i was really curious to kind of know uh for you from that age like what was what where did that kind of come from like why did you start thinking oh <laughs> i need to well, watch my weight especially uh, at that age as well because that's quite young yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't big, but um, maybe the fact that um, at some point they called me fatty big tits at school. <laughs> yeah, that might do it. <laughs> you know, that doesn't really help, right? Yeah. No, well, um, I don't know, but I, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, yeah, I I wasn't particularly big, but it just it's amazing the effect that you know the words of one person can can have, you know. Yeah. And you start to become conscious, like, am I, am I, am I big? Am I? Oh. And no, I, I wasn't at all. But I think that's when it started, to be honest. Right, um, right. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not very tall. I'm only five foot one and a half. And I think uh, maybe this is making some kind of excuse, but I think, you know, short people, we've got less places to put it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very, very true. You know, it's like it, it, it all goes in a much smaller space. You go yeah. out more easily, you know. Um, but um, I think it's also just you, you become kind of self conscious at, at, at that age as well. Um, and um, I think I, I think I probably first dieted when I was maybe about sort of 16 sometimes I would I would I would go I'd think oh, you know what I'll just not eat anything today hmm. and it would never work I'd get I maybe I'd skip breakfast and I'd get home from school and I'd be absolutely starving and I, I still realize that that was just stupid it wasn't it that was not a way to control your weight not that I needed to particularly but um yeah and and then I think as a as a female I think you're very conscious of it in this line of work that I'm in as well you know mm. the way that the way that you look when you're on stage is very is very important so you're thinking I've got to you know I've got to keep looking good and um so it's that has continued through my adult life and also like I said having had um having had twins you know I, I put on a lot of weight with two babies and I and I thought, actually, I'm not even going to get on the scales. I, I do remember going to the going to the doctors for a checkup when I was 12 weeks pregnant with twins. And um, I think I'd been nine and a half stone before I got pregnant. I got on the scales and I was 12 and a half stone. And the doctor didn't know I was expecting twins. And the doctor said to me, well, we've got to be careful. We don't want to end up becoming a bit of a fatty, do we? Oh, Which nice. was astonishing. Oh. Um, but I enjoyed eating for when I was eating for three 
because I, <laughs> I knew that um, uh, a higher, well, basically, if I put on more weight, then the babies were going to be bigger, which meant that there would be less chance of them going into a special care baby unit. So I did mm. not worry about what I ate mm. at all. And that was glorious until you have the babies and then you think, oh, <laughs> What a shit thing for a doctor to say as I well. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, these days probably could have gotten struck off. It was, mm. yeah, quite incredible. Oh, but, yeah, they they and, do have a way with their words, I think, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I did explain um, immediately afterwards. You do realise it's twins, don't you? And they, they were quite shocked. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> nice. But they well. clearly did. So, yeah. So um, the story of my life, always watching my weight from, from an early. from an Constantly early, monitoring, early, yeah. Early, yeah, yeah. It sucks that you kind of like, um, you know, that you feel that pressure of needing to look good and almost like needing to needing to sort of keep keeping up appearances for the benefit. Sorry. Yeah. For the for the purposes of your career. You know, uh, that sucks to me because, you know, ignoring the fact that to me, you look absolutely fine. uh, And, you know, the biggest thing should surely be your sound and what you create, you know, on that instrument of yours. You know, that's the that's the big thing. you know, and, and I've had the, the absolute pleasure of, of gigging with you on, on a number of occasions. It's always an absolute blast. It's always fun. And, and man, when you when you blow that sax, it's something else. Um, yeah. And also, I used to love like we haven't done a gig together for a very long time, but I used to used to love the, the cheeky looks of let's do this harmony and you do that harmony. And that was oh, always a lot of fun as well. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember the first gig we did together and you and I, um, I sang the harmonies on uh, with you, um, Sex on Fire. Did you? Uh, yeah, and I remember it. it was really good fun. You just came over to me and stuck the microphone in my face. I wouldn't be doing that now, though, because of old COVID. But, yeah, I did oh. stick the microphone in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we had only just met and we sang backing vocals. And yeah. It was, it was uh, yeah. great. You've got to enjoy yourself on stage. I really miss that. I bet you guys are missing it as well, the playing oh, thing. Yeah, is, absolutely. It's oh, madness, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. And, and Yvonne, like, I mean, for you, with regards to your weight, sort of like, has it yo-yoed? Are you, are you one of those lucky buggers that just kind of tends to stay you know where they are or like, do you have to basically what I'm trying to sort of ascertain is whether you have to work really hard on it or for you whether it's just nice and easy no it, 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 I've, I've been relatively lucky but um after my 40th or so <laughs> roughly I could see how things like metabolism how they slow down how it slows down and how you have to work harder to you know stay afloat or mm. how how quick you put your weight on you, you you i could see the difference after maybe 40 42 41 some somewhere there it was a, a, a sort of a, a a tipping point where yeah. I could see and feel the difference also right. i could feel the difference in um how my body feels when i've had a meal if you have had your, your dinner you know you're on tour or whatever and then you have your dinner and then how you feel before the show compared to when you were 22 yeah you no know, you'd feel lighter and now you, it feels as if the food is in in your system for three and a half days or so you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah and then you gotta go and play the trumpet and then you're still gonna go and play and, and you know uh so so that that's something that i do that i do that i that i definitely feel an interesting point um uh it's, it's actually triggered by what anna just said uh, back in uh, about 15 20 years ago or so i, I used to do uh, some modeling work and i could see like other guys who were you know on the shoots or, and i could see how they were really fighting to keep themselves in shape it was mm. almost 
frantic. It's, it's, it probably hasn't changed. I think it's the same thing still in 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 fashion world, right? Yeah. People sort of frantically trying to stay underneath a certain amount of weight or on a certain amount of weight um, because otherwise they will lose everything. Their look. They yeah. 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 And that pushes people into um, all kinds of uh, difficulties, I think. Yeah. I think it puts people in dangerous places, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. It, we were talking in the last podcast about um, the uh, the idea of what it what it means to be masculine, like what is masculinity, and like mm. and for you, Ivan, like mm. for you, like what would you um, what would you say is the, the the perfect masculine shape? Like, and that was a question that was like, wow, that, that sort of provoked a a really difficult thought of like, well, I don't I don't know what what should the ideal guy look like? <laughs> you see, it's a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> Got him stumped there confidence yeah and it's not a physical thing no i don't no. think that i don't think that um true masculinity has any well of course it has something to do with you know but not that much i think it's more mental than physical mm. you know uh, I, I know i know loads of people who, who you would maybe um class or 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 regard as not skinny but they're so confident and they're so um charming and and you know in the way they they conduct themselves yeah they present themselves they, the way they, it's it's really about how confident you are i think yeah. you know how you speak how you address other people um you know all of those layers um can be way more masculine than someone who has a six pack and once yeah. walks into the room and opens his mouth and you think yeah yeah well because i suppose somebody comes into the room and you know you're not looking at that well i'm not you know some <laughs> some may but i mean that's not necessarily the measure of the person is it so oh, yeah it's yeah. a nice i like that as an answer thank you that's very good <laughs> not that this is an interview but yeah i wasn't wasn't expecting i thought i might stump you but clearly yeah, not yeah have to work harder tom write more (laughs) questions researchers um it's just me in the room i'm talking to myself but um (laughs) anna before we got sort of chatting properly you were talking about your exercise routines and you know your um you you follow the weight watchers plan um but by the sounds of it and, and i don't intend to put words in your mouth here but it sounds like you you were a little bit frustrated by elements of not the weight watchers plan because that's obviously really good um for a number of people and, and helps people yeah but you sound sounded to be frustrated with the whole i must measure 500 milliliters of this i can only have (laughs) half a cube of that yeah yeah, a slither of butter yeah Um, and and yeah absolutely i go backwards and forwards between um just going well i'm not gonna do that i was gonna say does it not does that aspect of it not not make you i mean just to be clear and and and, you know i'm not affiliated with slimming world in any way but i i follow the slimming world thing um i've got nothing against the weight washers thing at all and you know yeah uh, but but like one of the things that i like about it is that there's no no value like i know that there's you know you have to eat responsibly let's put that word there but like i I can't stand the fact that with other things i've tried previously you know you can have a morsel of this you know a cup Mm -hmm. of this and a half a teaspoon like that bothers me because it's effort yeah and i kind of figure that does that not make you want to give up um because i have as a result of that before 
Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think in some ways you get to, you get to learn, see, I think one of my, one of my problems is portion sizes. And I think also, you know, we have at, at times and particularly since like lockdown number one, we've had three men in the house because our boys are, are 20 now. Right. <laughs> in fact, one of them is, is still with us. He hasn't gone back to uni, um, yet. Um, <laughs> <it's teaching. laughs> he, he is will going be soon. He's, he's wonderful too. it's all right you probably won't hear this so say what you want no no it's all right (laughs) Um, so uh you know I tend to dish up the same size portions for for the whole family and you know when you look at the this the I don't know whose regulations they are but you know how many um calories you're supposed to have per day then you know women if you're going to lose weight is 1500 and men it's 2000 or whatever but I'm dishing up the same size plates for for you know four people if we were here out of sort of fairness it's just habit you go yeah. well there's you know just take one but actually I should I should have less mm. you know um and one of the things about this sort of measuring out is at least you kind of learn like, oh, that's probably a bit too much. Because mm-hmm. if I look at how many points there are in that, then that's a bit steep. So I should have a smaller yeah. bucket of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe just drink a vase full instead. <laughs> but, you know, so it does it does kind of in a way it helps you with a, with a portion measuring. And then, of course, the thing with Weight Watchers is that there are lots of things that you can have unlimited yeah so-called unlimited amounts but that actually kind of doesn't help me because then you know again I could have a spoonful of yogurt for zero points or I could have a bucket full of yogurt for zero but there I know I'm not stupid I know there's more calories in a bucket than a spoon you know yeah. what I mean just so, the, just so you know that there are other receptacles available for foodstuffs of and course, drinks bucket, spoons buckets and are not exclusive <laughs> yeah I try not to you know I try not to let people see me eating out of the bucket <laughs> we've run out of buckets boys <laughs> but, um, so in some ways in some ways it's helpful in other ways it's frustrating and Sometimes, yeah. you know, um, I, yeah, it is, it is a bit, it is a bit frustrating, but I find that sometimes if I, d- I don't measure everything out because a lot of the stuff that I have is sort of like, you know, zero points or whatever yeah. anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, it, but I, I think you just kind of get to, to learn a, a little bit better, you know, what those, what those sort of portions are like, you know, basically. It's, sim- it's similar with Slimming World. Like they, they have, um, they call them, uh, they're free foods. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sin free or yeah, no yeah. free foods, and yeah. like it's like <laughs> it's almost like license to eat as That's much pasta as you can eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I love pasta. So like you know, you know, yeah. you can have as much pasta as you can possibly inhale. <laughs> Bring me the lorry. <laughs> Screw the bucket, lorry of pasta. So yeah, I mean, like that. That is something I think I need to sort of rein in a little bit. And I, you know, the last few weeks for me have been sort of mainly mostly consistent in terms of the number that i'm at uh, but yeah. also learning that actually the number is not uh, figuratively not the most accurate way of looking at it is you know yeah. it's the it's the it's how you feel on your watch out journey um or as we're going to call it the experience (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like it's a whole learning curve and like where i've come from now is is one of you know despite maybe the weight maybe not being right where the nhs uh, bmi app says it should be Mm -hmm. i.e 12 stone never gonna happen um you know it's it's what i'm doing around that that's making me healthier so yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating that, you know, you're you're also experiencing, albeit on a different plan and a different lifestyle thing with the Weight Watchers, but you're also experiencing that frustration and, you know, that temptation as well. 
Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Hey, listen, let, let's let's move over to the to the sort of music, and we'll come back to you, Ivan, with regards to sort of like exercise and and things, and like, and I know Anna, you're doing a bit as well with your with your couch to five k and a bit of yoga. Um, so, like, talk to me about music because you guys work together and you guys work independently of each other. Um, how is it working together? I know you met. Uh, we should say, you know, in case anyone missed it, you guys were due to get married two years ago. 2020 yeah. yeah yeah so you were due yeah, to get married oh no one wait what year is this yeah hang on a minute. <laughs> we? 21 no, we were, yeah like we, last year it was april 2020 then it was going to be in a, in a few weeks april 2021 but that can't happen now so now it's going to be april 2022 wow okay so it's the longest engagement in the history of men maybe yeah. yeah, but like you guys, you know, you, you guys are together. You met on a gig uh, with Brooklyn Funk Essentials. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. Um, Look at that. Tell us yeah. about the, that band. Tell us about the, that unit. Ooh la la. The Brooklyn Funk Essentials is a band that started in, uh, we all started in New York. So at one point, <clears throat> um, pretty much everybody, well, actually everybody was living in New York. And the, the bass player of the band sort of got people together. We started you know the band started playing um one thing led to the next and after after half a year or so a year of playing the band became new york's buzz this is back in the 90s and um one thing led to the next and band signed the record deal blah 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 blah, blah. and here we are 20 something years later uh very mm, cool 22 so i think uh with I think eight albums or no, so, six. six albums and probably 30 singles. I, I have no idea how many remixes and singles, but, uh, and um, toured pretty much everywhere in the world. Brilliant. And it sounds like point. a lot of fun. And then when Anna, when did you got, Anna, when did you get involved? Um, I've been in the band for 10 years. I was just sitting, minding my own business one night. Actually, it was when I, I used to do the, um, you know, I work as a music arranger and copyist as well, yeah. right? And um, I used to prepare the scores for Doctor Who and Torchwood. So in Sibelius, I'd make everything look nice, make sure that the notes weren't smushed up against each other. Just, you know, I didn't arrange the musical composer. I just kind of like musical typesetting. And I was sitting there working on a really tight deadline one night. And this email just pinged into my inbox. And and it was Yvonne. And, right. um, and saying... Um, yeah we're kind of your name's come up and we're looking for a, a saxophonist um, for the Brooklyn Funk Essentials would you be interested so I checked that he'd, he'd sent a link and this was back back in the days of MySpace I checked Yvonne's MySpace oh. and I went oh that guy's hot and I didn't realize it was him <laughs> I didn't realize it was the guy I just saw this photo I was like mm, okay um, <laughs> and then um, checked out the Brooklyn Funk Essentials and um, the, the, the link that Yvonne sent me was uh, the band playing to 200,000 people at a festival and I thought yeah that kind of yeah that looks that looks cool but just a small gig then that. just a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only that I mean you know that would have been cool anyway but also I I loved the music absolutely loved the music from the beginning yeah. which is which is an absolute blessing and it's um, great so, stuff so you know I, I was offered a, a a tour and yeah that was back in 2011 and so I've I've um, so was that before I met you? Yeah, but very, very shortly. Yeah, I was going to say, because I... Just a few months before you. Okay, you, yeah. You know. I was going to say, because I seem to remember you, like, 
knowing you, but not knowing of Yvonne. And then That's suddenly, right. I think I met you, Yvonne, didn't I, at Gatwick? Oh, my God. I think we were going abroad. Were we going to Amman, oh, maybe? Oh. Yes, we were. Yeah. You were going to Amman. You, you dropped, um, I, I, dropped down I, I off. dropped you off at the airport. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that was just... the first time. Uh, up until that point, you'd just been a, a, you know, a mystery man a mystery. Uh, <laughs> that we heard about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, yeah. I should yeah. say. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, you know, the Brooklyn Funk, Funk Essential stuff um, is, is really wicked. And, you know, uh, I was having a listen to it on, on Spotify. Uh, other musical apps are available, um, you know, prior to that, uh, prior to starting my evening um, with work. So, yeah, sounds really cool. But what would you say, Ivana, sort of the influences of the band? Um, traditional Yiddish band has always been about, uh, okay, let me let me put it this way. The band's... You know, New York is a place where, you know, obviously it's a melting pot of a lot of you know, different musical styles and a lot of people, a lot of musicians from different corners of the world. Yeah. And that's how the band came together. But it's also been a deliberate um, policy of, uh, you know, the guy who started the band, you know, the Lati, who he, he, he was always into trying to make sure that we're not just a funk band because we're obviously we are a funk band. Brooklyn Funk Essentials as the mm. name, but um, you know, being open to people bringing in, you know, their fresh their, ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so um, that has always been a sort of a a a, a, a red a, a sort of a very important ingredient in the band's way of writing, in the band's way of making albums, and in in our live shows. Mm. Um, and um, it's 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 worked really well. It's worked really well. So we play obviously we play funk music, but you know we have just some poetry, and then there's some Latin music as well, and we play some you know this, this jazz as well. And, and there's uh, something for everybody in there. Definitely. Oh yeah, we we did a record with um, a really big Turkish artist. Uh, this is back in the day, um, and that record literally blew up in Turkey, right. and so the band became. <clears throat> really really big in turkey so that added a completely new dimension to um the band's music yeah. uh, from so it's yeah well it'd be really cool uh, i think you've got some some songs lined up for us um to hear this evening so at that point it'd be really awesome to um i hope one of them is a brooklyn funk essentials track is it oh yes yeah okay so can we uh what 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 are you going to play, or rather what are we going to play you're going to you've sent the tracks over and we're going to we're going to drop them in so what are we going to hear first this is um from stay good the stay good album <laughs> the so latest the latest album yeah. is stay good and it's one of the tracks that i contributed to that record it's called bakabana excellent bakabana here we go brooklyn funk essentials enjoy it
Well, there we go. There we go. The fantastic Brooklyn Funk Essentials with Bacabana, which is Surinamese for baked banana. I bet you two didn't even know that. I just looked that up whilst it was playing. Um, so fun fact for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. I mean, as if you told me that during the break. That is, um, yeah, so Sur- Surinamese. That's a place which I've never heard of before. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, Yvonne. Where is it? It's a place in the Caribbean. Mm. Um, uh, it's the, the country's called Suriname. Suriname. And it's on the top end, if you look on the map of South America, uh, but it's classed as the as the Caribbean. Um, and you're not the first one. Um, <laughs> I've, I've I've had many many times uh, said to people, "Oh, well, it's Suriname," and people, oh, "Is that in Africa or is that in?" Uh, they just don't know, um, and that's okay. But, it's good to have. Uh... Well, it's in the Caribbean, so that's you know that 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 automatically sounds awesome, doesn't it? And is it as, <laughs> as is it as beautiful as my mind has immediately painted it? It's, it's gorgeous. Is it? It's amazing, and my goodness, speaking of food, the yeah. food is off the chain. So, like excluding baked banana or bacabana, <laughs> I'm down with the down with the lingo now. What else is like? Um, I don't know, culturally significant with the food there. What, what's like the the Yorkshire pudding? <laughs> That's what yeah. we've got. <laughs> there will be things like pom, um, uh, cassava, a lot of stuff with cassava. There's a, 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 there's a dish called her, her, uh, right. which means whole, whole, as in whole, half, whole, whole. Yeah. Um, which is made of fish and cassava and uh, bacabana as well. Bacabana. You know, a few. It's, it's, it's a dish that actually hails back to the... the the, the slavery days right and, uh, but it sounds incredibly fresh like it, it like just from the ingredients gorgeous. it sounds healthy oh my goodness it's super healthy can i just super say there's one that ivan has forgotten and talking of peanuts ivan <laughs> has made for me peanut soup which is peanut soup peanut soup, peanut soup. Peanut oh my goodness <laughs> It yeah, is true. amazing. Peanut well, soup. episode eighteen Ooh. is turning into the peanut episode, and if we want to be, <laughs> I, I just be... thought peanut theme. I'd, I'd mention that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I want to be sponsored by KP at the end of this. We're getting through <laughs> it, aren't we? Come on, KP, where you at? <laughs> Your next tour, I think, Ivan, will be a KP tour. <laughs> Very cool. But yeah, thank you for that track, and um, you guys have got a, another couple of songs. Uh, lined up for us um, for the rest of the podcast. Um, and Anna, I just wanted to sort of chat to you. You know, we, we, we sort of keep going back and forth to, uh, well, I'm, I'm going back and forth to both of you, but, you know, like I know about your 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 constant monitoring, if you like, with with your eating and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned your exercise and your yoga. So when and how did you get involved and started with yoga? Where did that all come from? Was that from a from a place of I need to I want to be more mindful um, of my body and sort of getting fitter and oh, healthier? I first did uh, went to a yoga class when I was I would say twenty. Um, okay. I went to an Ashtanga yoga class and I absolutely loved it. Went with a friend um, once a week. Um, I really really loved it. I think one of the reasons I loved it was because um I felt like I could do it 
<laughs> because slightly cheating, I am hypermobile, but that's actually a curse as well as like, you know, as well as making people who've been trying to, you know, do particularly tricky moves for, for months when they see you just go in and do it as, as well as them <laughs> hating you, uh, which, you know, it sounds like it could be a good thing. It's really, it's actually really awkward being hypermobile because you can injure yourself by sort of sitting in ridiculous positions without realizing that you're doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Anyway, I loved yoga because I thought actually, you know, uh, I'm one of those people who was the last one to be picked for the rounders team um, at school. You know, nobody, you know, when they used to say, okay, you can, they'd nominate people and they'd say, you can pick a team and no one would ever pick me because I I couldn't run fast. Um, You know, I'm not very tall. I couldn't do a long jump because my legs are not long, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I, I sort of, I kind of grew up thinking I'm just really rubbish at sport. I didn't think I could swim because uh, school swimming lessons and um, parents trying to teach me to swim wasn't successful. Um, and I'm not blaming my parents, actually. It was mostly, it was mostly um, school. So, you know, they'd throw you in there. You'd have to go to school with your pajamas and on and um, go in the swimming pool in your pajamas. Some kind of like, I don't know what, what? that was all about. Do they never do that to you? No, you're, you're just a spring chicken. You're too young. They used to, this is like in the 80s, you, they'd do a sort of a life save kind of thing you'd have to go uh, in the swimming pool in your pajamas to see why would you go swimming in your pajamas or why would you be near water i don't know just just to make it more dangerous and and drown the kids that were no good at sport i don't know (laughs) but i so i only discovered when i was 21 that i could swim and then i was doing 40 lengths i absolutely loved it and i also um only recently discovered um, that actually I can I can jog all right as well. So I took um, a long gap with yoga just because, well, you know, I, I had kids and, you know, you know what it's like. You've got two young ones. It's it's not easy to to no. find five minutes to be peaceful and do something for yourself. Um, and um, I got back into it um, maybe three or four years ago. And during lockdown one, um, I started doing it every day and I've always found it really good for the mind as well as the body. Um, since having twins, I have a lot of sciatica because, you know, having two babies at once is never a good idea. So it kind of knackered my back. Um, and I was just living with the pain and I've been in pain for sort of, you know, 16, 17, 18 years. And I thought, why am I doing this? Why don't I actually do something more proactive rather than just, oh God, my back hurts. Oh, you know. Yeah. So um started doing yoga more regularly. And then, yeah, since the first lockdown, um, I was doing it on a daily basis. I now do it about three times a week. And um, it's brilliant. It's, I love everything about it. Um, it gets rid of the aches and pains. If I don't do it for a couple of days and I start complaining, Yvonne says, go and do your yoga. If I say, oh, this hurts and this hurts. He says, well, have you done your yoga? And it just, it just fixes a lot of pain and it gives you a lot of sort of headspace as well. So I tend to do a 45 minute yoga session followed by a 15 minute meditation and stick the two together just to make sure that I, that I do the meditation as well. Um, and at the moment, I'm alternating that with I'm doing the couch, the NHS couch to 5K app with my mum, who, of course, is we're in we're in lockdown. She's in Leicestershire and I'm in um, 
um, I'm in Birmingham. Um, but we basically, it's like an accountability thing. Mm. So we say, right, we're going to run on Monday, 1230 and we'll FaceTime just before, you know, and we'll have a running gear on and then, and then we'll, we'll go and do our, do our run and then come back and, and have a, have a debrief. Um, now, my mum has been doing she's she's on week one because basically I think it's like a 12 week course yeah it's something like that isn't it yeah, yeah. and um my mum's just been redoing week one because my mum's in her 70s you know and <laughs> I'm 25 years younger than her or whatever and um I've made it to week four in four weeks and I'm absolutely astonished because I thought I was going to be really rubbish at it um, because running has always been the one thing that I thought you just, you can never do that. You know, mm-hmm. I was asthmatic when I was, um, younger. So I used to, instead of running around the sports field, I just go, Oh, my asthma is so bad. I just go <laughs> <laughs> and get the inhaler out yeah. <laughs> because I'd rather do that than, than have the shame of people seeing me try to run. But actually Enjoying I, I really, really love it. And yeah. I've, I've, I've got onto week four now, which is like, five minutes running little break um three minutes running little break five minutes running, and I, I ran for 16 minutes that's great well um, which, which is like you know but well that's that's like that's the biggest achievement for you having come from a place where you couldn't do it so that's, that's the thing. remarkable it's all, you know the things that we're, we're told when we're younger yeah. can really, all, all, it's just the power of suggestion even isn't it you know like you yeah, you were led yeah, to yeah. believe that maybe you couldn't do it and so you yeah, ran with like, well I, ironically you didn't run with that but yeah, your mind, you know, <laughs> went with that idea. My wife's yeah. been doing that couch to five k as well, and um, I think she, uh, she, she, I think I'm, um, I should really remember this. She, she's, she's running. Um, more. she used to run before, but she hadn't done it since having the boys so much. Um, but yeah, I know how much she's enjoying that. Um, yeah. but as you say, it's just really hard to, to build that time into your week. It's been easier for us at the moment. I say it's easier, but, you know, of course, where we're teaching from home, there can be a little bit more flexibility with who's watching the boys and, you know, and what have yeah. you. But I, I guess the, the key will be to maintain that when we go back to, to school properly. Absolutely. Um, so, but I think it's, you know, that I think for a lot of people, they're going to they're gonna want to keep that in there. Like, I, I, I've, I've been pretty consistent with my PT stuff throughout lockdown. And unfortunately, I've had to step back on my boxing just because it's not you know, you can't really do that socially distanced um, at the moment. But uh, yeah, that'll be something I head back into. But I've done a lot of walking. So I'm pleased that you found something that you enjoy. You know, yeah. a conversation I had with Elliot, who was a guest on the podcast uh, quite recently, and also back in episode two of the podcast as well. And he's, he's the guy I box with, he teaches me to box. And he's, um, he's just very extremely proficient and profound with his knowledge of you know all things fitness and all things mental health as well like he's he's a great guy um and you know like he regularly kind of realigns me if you like if I'm in a bit of a funk uh and not a good funk uh if I'm in a bit of a funk about how I'm sort of that experience that I'm I'm sort of going through uh he kind of you know he, he really helps me just to sort of Get back on track. So yeah, I think he, he, what he said a few weeks, sorry, a few weeks ago to me was, you just go enjoy what you're doing, and don't mm. worry about that number at the end that you're trying to make smaller. Yeah. Um, you know, just enjoy the process. Learn to love what you're eating, and learn to accept the fact that sometimes you might have some naughty treats, and you know, a packet of peanuts, and whatever else might creep in, and you know, okay, accept accept those little bits that are you. You know, I, you know like you were saying Anna, like one of the things that regularly happens for me is during the day I'm really good I'm you know well behaved with my food uh yeah. if you like and then it just tends to be the evenings or 
um you know even like tonight where i'm away from home i'm i'm in the the 440 music office space at the moment uh, thanks guys for letting me use your office nice. um and you know and and i know that there's the temptation when i go home to stop off and grab some food because i'm right. free i'm yeah. able to you know yeah. so okay. it's really fascinating and, and and i'm enjoying learning what what the hell my brain's on about really but <laughs> what yeah. about you Yvonne? so for your exercise dude what what is it your sort of what's your thing what's your go-to or again are you one of those guys that sort of is quite lucky and doesn't really do it so much or what's the sitch there dude i used to do more to be fair um i i i um i i was quite uh, heavily into uh martial arts um and um so I, I used to do that a lot and the gym as well but obviously gyms are closed yeah um not so much to be fair at at the minute um i'm i'm, I'm definitely um, planning on picking that you know back up sure um, what sort of martial arts did you do karate okay yeah, yeah. um which is great it's on yeah so 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 many levels you know um, especially especially the 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 mental side of it yeah because um people tend to think with with martial that it's only um physical Mm. but if anything it's more mental than physical it's all focus and concentration and and um and and finding finding focus and um balance uh you know all those things they they occur on a, on a, on a, they on play a, a psychological level yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just, I, w- I wonder great. i wonder if you two um <clears throat> can uh, relate to this in terms of like we've all been at those gigs where you know <clears throat> food's provided and before that was always like yes i don't have to think of what i'm going to eat but now that that actually fills me with horror a little bit thinking yeah. what are they going to provide like what am i going to go to and of course like the workaround for me now is that i tend to take my own food but like right. but even so like you can get to a gig and you can have your own food but that temptation of oh look at that beige buffet over there you know look at that gig zanio like, like like how do you like brown does that brown food the, the brown food with no spoons oh, yeah. <laughs> brown fried stuff. award-winning curries i think is the one as well regularly uh, crops up but like surely that uh, surely i'm not alone in that temptation because like the buffet is just the worst but best thing in the world at the same time isn't it yeah, yeah. I, I've been thinking about, in fact, I was thinking about that earlier on today. I was thinking what with, you know, a few gigs potentially coming in and, you know, um, taking a few inquiries for things. Mm. And um, I was literally standing at the sink doing the washing up thinking, <laughs> oh, so when we go back on tour, one of the tricky things for me is also, I think as a musician, you get into this sort of like, um, I better eat now because I don't yeah. know if there's going to be anything yeah, to eat yeah, later. Yeah. And so you might eat. So, I mean, when we're on the road with, um, with BFE or, I mean, and and with, with, with Jules Holland as well, you know, there's always, um, there's always food in the dressing room. Um, but with BFE, we would have, you know, we'd, we'd arrive maybe for sound check and there'd be a rider and you might have some, to be fair, it's fairly, it's fairly healthy, but there might be some dried fruit and some, but maybe some nibbles and maybe some kind of chocolatey stuff. And you think, oh, I just fancy a little bit of that. And then I, well, it's there, I'm, isn't it? So like yeah. there in a bowl on my table in my room, I'm going to eat this. You, you don't yeah. know what you're going to get fed later on. So you no. might have a little, and then, yeah. and then something really amazing comes for, you know, when they feed the band and you think, well, I'm going to have some of that. Oh, and there's a dessert as well. Yeah. It, it, it's, 
I, I find that when I'm on the road as well, it's really difficult not to, I feel like I'm survival eating yeah. because you don't know necessarily when your next meal is mm. going to be or what it's going to or be. Or when like. you're going to have the time to have it, I suppose. As yeah. Well. And, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah okay. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And also yeah. I, I got into a thing um, when I was doing, you know, if I'm driving back from, from gigs late at night, I literally would find that the only thing that would keep me awake you know if you're driving at sort of one two three in the morning would be eating mm. and I, I would be in the car and I would eat to stay awake and I wouldn't necessarily want to but I'd do the you know slapping yourself on the face and turning the music up loud and turning the heat down really good no the only thing would be to to eat something but like you know, get a packet of Maltesers and make that packet of Maltesers last for like an hour journey by just biting all the chocolate off one <laughs> eye, you know, but it's still, you're still eating stuff. Yeah. You know, and it can be really tricky. And I was thinking today, you know, what am I going to do when, when gigs start again? I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to make, take, take lots of fruit and eat lots yeah. of fruit on the way home yeah. or, you know, it's tricky. Yeah. It is it hard. Is it's very it's hard. Interesting you say that because, you know, I, I, a lot of musicians will, will relate to this. I tend to call it pre-stock, you know, you, so yeah. you, you pre-stock, you know, the food, yeah. you know, yeah, before you doing anything. in the dressing room or in your hotel room or whatever, because you just don't know what's going to happen. In no, the that's right. Hours. Yeah. You don't know if tomorrow you're gonna eat. Um, your first meal will be on a plane or whatever, or or you know, you just don't know how the rest of the day is gonna be. Yeah. So, the food that you do get, you you start you start stocking it up. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the breakfast. You go to the you go to the hotel buffet. You take the breakfast. Yeah. And you make your little thing for lunch yeah. just in yeah. case. Wrap it in a napkin. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah I think the the whole the dangerous thing is coming home from gigs for me as well. Uh, I say dangerous. I mean, like the temptation is there. But again, that's something that I've been able to manage far more um, efficiently, I suppose, because of the fact that, you know, I, if I do stop now, I have my go to's and or I've got things with me, you know. So one thing actually that um, our mutual friend Al uh, got me into, you know, Al Nelson, he yeah. um, he always and I didn't realize this until I did a load of gigs with him where he drove home. Um, from these gigs and he always always has a punnet of grapes in his car for the journey home ah. and he would just eat those and like and that was a real big thing like not a real big thing but I was like this is a wonderful idea because yeah. I love grapes <laughs> you know and I you know and that seems to be a I mean it's it's sugary as hell but you know when you then weigh up whether you're going to stop and have 10 Mars bars or you know yeah, a yeah. chicken salad sandwich because it's got salad in the title um, <laughs> you know and two packets like it just kind of be, be the thing yeah. that um, might keep you on the straight and narrow so yeah man I, that's one thing i'm not looking forward to like about i'm looking forward to going back to gigging don't get me wrong can't wait and hopefully i think we're all keeping everything crossed aren't we that it can be when they say it will be yeah. um for our sake and for everybody else's sake people just want to get out and do and dance and sing and shout yeah. and whatever um that will be amazing I'm, I'm sure like me you two have probably had the moments uh, where you're just thinking about that first gig and it's how how magical it's going to feel. Oh. I can't wait. I absolutely yeah. can't wait. And also the first gig I go and watch as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That, let's let's just uh, think about that for a minute. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's going to come back eventually. And if it's not, you know, this June, it'll be a little bit later. But whatever. Hey, listen, Anna, you know, are you going to be, because I know, Anna, you do a lot of your own stuff as well. I don't yes. know that uh, about 40,000 years ago, you did an album. <laughs> Was it 17 years ago? I don't try- even count. I don't even count. So you've I... done you've done solo stuff in the past, your own stuff that you write. Yeah. 
Is it mostly yeah. instrumental or do you sing on that as well? It was, uh, no, it was, uh, well, actually, I, I, I had an EP as well. So the, the, um, I had an album out. I was um, spotted playing at um, Brecken Jazz Festival back in 2005 by um, a lovely man called Martin Levan from, um, who has a studio called Red Kite Studios. And at the time he was also setting up a, a record label, Red Kite Records. And it was one of those things where someone, you get a message from someone, oh, there's a guy in the crowd who says he's um, launching a record label and he'd hmm. love to record you. And you go, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I actually, mean, I, I get that all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it was, it was actually true. So, um, uh, I took my quintet to um, the studios and uh, we recorded an album, um, which was it was jazz basically. Um, I, I mean, I've never been. I'm not. I'm not a, a sort of a hardcore bebop player. Um, it's my, all my own stuff, so my kind of jazz. Yeah, that's, that's almost an album title in itself. Isn't it? <laughs> Please don't make an album called My Kind of Jazz because <laughs> that just sounds like no. Nah. Don't worry, no, I'll, be, I'll consult you on that. Nah, don't do it. Yeah. Um, so that was, it was jazz. It was jazz. I, um, I played alto sax on it. I didn't do any singing and it was a, um, you know, a jazz quintet lineup. Um, and that was great. And um, then I, I had two two-year-olds at the time and um, they, you might have thought that, you know, the early years would be the most challenging, but probably the boys were the most challenging when or they were teenagers. Yeah, well, when they were teenagers. Not, yeah. Um, but um, they just took up a, a lot of my time in a wonderful way. Um, but, you know, I would I was out making money as a touring musician and I didn't have the time. Yeah to do the next the album stuff. so i've been saying it for ages but yeah it's been x number of years and then i did an ep an ep in 2007 where i did do some um, some vocals on that as well um and now it's about time to for my time hey, hey, hey. like it uh so yeah the, the the album was called my time um the ep was called going my way and um i need to write my second album because Very the cool. boys are at university now, they still take up a lot of my time. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, um, I'm still um, sort of uh, remote parenting them. Uh, they, need <laughs> of, they need a lot of help. Um, so what so, you're saying to me is that, uh, so you know, I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So how many? Okay, cool. Screwed, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, these yeah. two, um, you know, we we these these two um, have got ADHD, and we didn't find out before just before they turned eighteen. Oh right. Uh, which which kind of explained why they were quite a handful when they were younger. Sure, I bet you wish yeah. you found out sooner. So basically, um, and and they have quite severe ADHD, and they're both studying at uni. And um, what we've discovered, you know, I've read loads of books um, about ADHD and things just to to, to help the boys. Basically, what you need if you've got severe ADHD is you need a personal assistant. You need someone to manage your diary. You need someone to remind you to do things. You need, you know, you need a lot of help in 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 things that um, you know other people might just sort of say, automatically do. Yeah, automatically do. Yeah. So, so I so I I do um, you know I I do help the boys remember what they've got to do, and I help them manage their finances. Um, and basically, I hold their purse strings for them, and they say, "Can you send me some of my money?" And you mm -hmm. know, there's all kinds of there's so many things. You know, tend to think of ADHD as just people who are a little bit hyperactive or mm. You know, but there are so many different aspects of, yeah, of your, your life. So, so I'm, uh, so I, I kind of, I feel like I have 
two jobs. I have my job as a musician and I have my job as a personal assistant to to 20 year olds as well. And I'm sure they wouldn't they wouldn't disagree with me there. I and think I, that's I, just I, parenthood, I, though. That's the other part. That's the yeah, job. Isn't it? Yeah. But you might think, oh, you know, when they're 18, then then they go off to uni and you're sort of. <laughs> well, you're the second person to say who, who has children older than mine who's suggested otherwise. So, yeah, right. uh, I, as much as my children are the most amazing thing in the world. I know it's you're in it for the long oh. game, aren't you? Let's face it. You so. are. You and are, that would be wonderful. Are. I'm enjoying it. So that's my excuse for that's just a very long excuse for not having <laughs> why you haven't done the album. Like an album, basically. I just blame. But it now all. they're going back to uni, and uh, you have no excuses left. So yeah, um, we were looking forward to it. Is there any inkling as to when it's coming, or are you? I know you said you're you're just in the process of putting it all together, but. Yeah, I have. Um, I've been writing some tracks. I've got um, a few little demo tracks. I need to get into the studio now and just just get my head down and write. Come up with some ideas and, and crack on. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got some I've got some starting points. Um, some songs I started that I want to continue with. And so, was yeah. the vibe going to be kind of like instrumental or a bit of both? Um. I'm basically pitching for some uh, singing work if you need a singer. I yeah, singer. sure, I like, sure. You know, yeah, well, I'm not hey? entirely sure. You know, I'm kind of open to maybe having some um, some guest vocals on some tracks, or I might do some vocals um, myself. Uh, well, I will definitely do some vocals myself, but whether it's more sort of backing vocals or lead vocals, sure. haven't entirely decided. Well, obviously, the last track on the album will be "Sex on Fire," so I can, you know, sing that. <laughs> yes. No problem, so. yeah. yes. Yes. Okay, great. Cool. I'll, I'll write it down. I have <laughs> I to relearn it. <laughs> I don't know how it goes anymore. Is it, that, that bit. That's yeah, cool. So um, it would be really nice to hear one of your one of your tracks, Anna, from a previous um, piece of your work. So what are we going to hear now? We're going to hear Karmarama. Karmarama. And is it Anna Brooks? Karmarama. Anna Brooks Quintet. Oh, that sounds even better, doesn't it? This is the, the Anna Brooks Quintet with... Yes, available on streaming services. <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> uh, available on CD as well. Can people buy a physical yes. copy? Uh, yes, I have yeah. physical copies. So there you yeah. go. Well, we'll go through how they can get in touch with you to get those shortly. But this is the Anna Brooks Quintet with Karmarama.
All right, cool. We're back. Thank you ever so much, Anna. That was a lovely tune. Karma Rama, uh, the Anna Brooks Quintet. And with new songs coming sometime soon, we hope, <laughs> in the next <laughs> 17 years. <laughs> um, well, whatever and whenever they turn up, um, which I think I just inadvertently quoted um, What's Her Face, didn't I? Whenever, whatever. You know. That, that logo. Who am I talking about? What's her name? Shakira. Shakira. There we go. Shakira, Shakira. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went there. Uh, yeah, so there'll be some new tunes coming from the Anna Brooks Quintet. And um, yeah, let's let's stay on the sort of the theme of music and talk about the Jules Holland Orchestra, um, which I know, uh, Ivan, you were part of for the Hootenanny. But Anna, you sort of you got a seat in, in the orchestra playing yeah. must have been incredibly exciting. You know, what a what a position to hold and, you know, ramping up for a tour and then no tour. Yeah, <laughs> actually, ah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did a, um, back in 2019, which seems like so long ago, um, I, I did um, some of the autumn winter tour dates in 2019 with Jules. And then um, beginning of 2020, like literally just before everything sort of you know coronavirus hit um i was contacted jules asked me basically if i would tour with his small band so he's got his 19 piece rhythm and blues orchestra um but he also tours europe and it's amazing because it's just jules on piano and um we had george latham on drums so it's literally piano and drums and then it was myself on backing vocals and a bit of saxophone and louise marshall um on um backing vocals and lead vocals ruby turner and katie tunstall so it was um six of us um and we did uh we have i think about three weeks or so touring europe and it was fantastic and it was mm. really nice to be um in a in that kind of intimate musical setting as well especially sure. with yeah you know, there's no bass just drums and piano you can really hear the music absolutely love singing with um louise singing um backing vocals alongside louise and and, and ruby and jules they're both fantastic singers and katie yeah who is amazing um, yeah katie cool, did, you know a, a guest set and so singing with katie and playing sax with katie as well that was just really a really really great start um i just sort of officially got the chair in the in the orchestra and that was the first thing i did was the small tour and um i basically came back in March with COVID and had to text everyone had to text Jules and Katie and say look I've 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 been back for a couple of days and I've come down with COVID so (laughs) that was like the beginning of the end of everything basically (laughs) and uh, you know we had loads of dates in um, with um, Jules's Rhythm and Blues Orchestra in um, last year but of course none of those could happen so fingers crossed for this year that um jules will be able to tour we're not not so sure you know some of the the spring dates have already come out but Mm. they've been put into 2022 but i'm just really really hoping that um the autumn winter tour in particular will be able to go ahead and but we were lucky enough to both do the um the Hootenanny, um, so which uh, you know was recorded down near you in in, in Maidstone and, and Sunny Ivan Maidstone. Was, yeah, and Ivan <laughs> was asked um, to to play um, on trumpet um, for the Hootenanny as well. Oh, that's cool. And, and he's got a, a few dates in as well, haven't he? Yeah, oh, so, brilliant. So, so two seats, two seats on the orchestra potentially. Yeah. Let's hope, anyhow. I think actually, there's um, I have a, I, I know Derek, uh, Mr. Nash. Um, oh. Derek's uh, fantastic. Derek. Well, yeah. he sits next to me. He's alto one, I'm alto two. Yeah. So, so I know Derek from, uh, actually from Ben, the guitarist in my band, knows him very well. And oh, do yeah. you know Graham? I think he, he does um, sound. The sound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, so I know Graham really well as well. So that's a, 
a nice tenuous link. So between yeah. you two, Graham and Derek, you know, there's a chance of a ticket somewhere along the line, maybe. I actually Absolutely. met I actually met Absolutely. Jules Holland when I was a lot younger. Um, I, he did a, a concert at the Rochester Castle Gardens, um, not too far from Maidstone. So, and you might end up doing it hopefully uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the near future. And yeah, a, a, a friend of mine had arranged, or, or a friend of mine worked for, or knew somebody to work for, and yeah, we got backstage and we met him. He was just the most amazing guy. And, and for, for me at the time, I was like, oh, this is Jules Holland. He did all this stuff with Grays and all the other stuff he's done. And like, that was a real big deal for me. But yeah. And I think we went back to this pub that was his local pub. And like the rumor was he was going to come back from his place in his house and he was going to come and jam. And like, that's Jules's piano. It was just like it was the best night of my life at that point. Oh, that's um, cool. So, that's yeah, cool. no, he's he's right up there in terms of like. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one of those guys isn't he really just done it all yeah. seen it all and yeah i mean like the sort of the impact on um on you obviously musically there of covid you had it as well by the sounds of it and you know i i've not had it thankfully touching wood and it doesn't come my way um you know the the, the in the previous podcast um gavin who was our our guest our musical guest if you like, he had it and sounded mm-hmm. pretty rough so i mean how was it for you did you I both have it i had yes. it first and i gave right. it to him on well you're all <laughs> about giving <laughs> yeah, I was, it was literally the last few days of the tour. I mean, it's a miracle that, you know, nobody else got it. Absolute miracle. Mm. Um, and the last few days of the tour, I just started to feel really tired. But I thought, well, I've been on tour for, yeah. for three weeks. And, you know, I, I, normal. I, yeah, you know, you, you, you're you up late. You drink a bit of wine in the bar after the gig. You Bucket know, you of wine. Got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I thought maybe it was just, you know, the end of a tour. But, um, yeah, it turned out that it, it wasn't. Um, and I got it. This was before testing. There was no there was no test. There was nothing because this was very very early march yeah um, 2020 um but as soon as i got the aches and pains and the temperature um i i knew what it was and it took me at least three weeks to get over it it was extreme tiredness afterwards and then i had long covid so um for i think i i think i'm over the worst of that but um for months i would have days where i literally i'd sit in a chair and i just couldn't move absolute exhaustion plus headache um so it really stays in your system and it can do some really kind of weird stuff to you so i very generously gave it to ivan when i got back from tour yeah. but yeah. luckily not to i didn't kill any superstars like <laughs> jules holland or <laughs> any of the members of the band yeah. um i just infected my nearest and dearest <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the uh, one of the, the terrible side effects is loss of sense sense of uh, taste and smell. Of course. Yeah, that's such, such a yeah. Has that come back now for you? It has, but it um, comes in and out for you, doesn't it? Out, yeah. Does it? Like today, yeah. for instance. Right? Yeah, yeah. You had a funny day today. Tastes, uh, that's mad isn't it? Is it, the impact is you know aside from obviously the illness, but the illness, um, the impact on industries uh, you know across the country just uh, there's no point speaking about it because obviously everybody knows that uh, it's been a massive impact but like we were saying i think we were saying in the little pause a moment ago looking towards um what might be and i know we've certainly said uh, in the podcast you know i can't wait for that moment when you do step out on stage and you just go all right and you start doing your thing again because that will be yeah. wonderful yeah, um, and it'll yeah. make you realize how lucky we are as musicians yeah i don't know whether you two feel this but sometimes i think because i'm fortunate to to gig a lot i do mm. sometimes feel like but um i've taken it for granted sometimes mm. you mm. know and that you find yourself because of the regularity of the work 
you yeah. just go through the motions you know you pack the car you you get your gear from the garage you do this you get your suit you put your thing on you know you get changed you eat the buffet you have the you know you your arms arms deep in mini quiches and then you and then this and that and like and it just it becomes <laughs> just becomes a sort of a cycle and you don't really yeah. think about the performance really so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it i know that i personally will have a real battle to you know i need to control myself actually when i perform i need to hold on to that voice you know you know not don't go don't go belting it you know break yourself in gentle <laughs> but yeah it's going to be wicked so whenever that might be and i think we should all text each other going fucking sick it was awesome loved it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. um ivan talk, talk to us about there's um a project that you do um away from anna so uh, you're sort of I, I don't know if it's not your solo work but something you do independently of anna is uh, something called trionic yeah, um, so yeah. talk so, to us a little bit about Trionic. What, what is it and who's involved? Yeah. So apart from being um, a long-time member of the Broken Funk Essentials and musical director as well, um, there's a few other things that I'm doing. And one of the things is a, a collaboration between myself and um, Rob Harris um, and Paul Turner, who are two band members of the band Jamiro Kwai. Mm. And this band, this thing, this thing we do is called Trionic. And it's it's basically all of three of us, we contribute music to to this project. And um, we go into the studio and we just record it. Uh, we don't overproduce it. We, we, we deliberately try to stay away from overdubs and, and all of that stuff. So we just go into the studio, we just record one or two maybe three takes if needed and choose the best one and that goes on the record and the reason why we um the reason why we do it in that way is because all three of us are um we're session musicians session musicians as well and we we tend to play on other, other people's records and the way people make records these days is it's all you know it's usually sort of it's very processed yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah 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 very slick very processed very you know a lot of overthinking mm. and we're trying to we deliberately try not to do that it's oh, good cool. for sort of an old school way of making yeah records. making music and and uh it's 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 a it's a lovely collaboration we love working with each other and um we have a new album coming out actually when um, is the album coming out it's going to be somewhere this year, hopefully in the summer. I think uh, we've recorded, oh my goodness, a bunch of tracks actually for the new for the new record. Very cool. And is that one of? The, I know you're going to give us one of those tracks um, to hear today. No, this is one from the last uh, record, which is called "De," which is French for it. <laughs> our second outing. Okay. And um, uh, the track is called "Difficult." Wonderful. Well, here we go then with Trionic and Difficult. And uh, before we uh, click play, we're going to wrap things up for, for today. So um, we will have that track in a minute. And I just want to say thank you both very, very much uh, for joining me and having a chat on the Wedding Thinners podcast. It's an absolute joy to see your lovely faces. I haven't oh. seen you in such a long time. So um, <laughs> and just nice pressure. just to have a chat as well. Like, I know it's kind of like in a recorded setting, but I don't think the chat has particularly um, been difficult in any way, shape or form. So it almost yeah. feels like socializing. Like we it does, doesn't do. it? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, all that's missing is like a is a is a lukewarm wine or <laughs> a diet coke. Um, but yeah, thank you both ever so much. We've got Anna Brooks, the fantastic Anna Brooks there, and uh, you know all the best with the the application uh, for your album. Uh, and we also have Ivan Van Hetten. Thank you very much for joining us. And um, this is Trionic with difficult. Thanks very much, guys. That's episode eighteen wrapped. Cheers.